listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. again to Occupation Station. I'm Diane Donato. Our guest today is Dr. Nardine Nakla. She is an academic and clinical pharmacist specializing in minor ailments, non-prescription therapeutics, and patient self-care with over 10 years of commitment to teaching, research, advocacy, and practice innovation on these topics. She's a faculty member at the University of Waterloo School of Pharmacy. Dr. Nakla was recognized with the Excellence in Pharmacy Teaching Award in 2019 and received the Excellence in Science Teaching Award in 2020. She's authored four chapters of the Canadian Minor Ailments Reference, one chapter for the American Handbook of Non-Prescription Drugs, and one chapter for the Encyclopedia of Pharmacy Practice and Clinical Pharmacy. As a columnist for the Pharmacy Practice and Business Journal, Dr. Nakla regularly writes about common and current issues related to over-the-counter products. In addition to all of this extensive academic work, she also manages to be the owner of an independent pharmacy. Where did this all start? Well, we can tell you she received her doctorate of pharmacy degree from Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, part of the class of 2007. Dr. Nakla, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I think there were a few more things I could have thrown in there, but I wanted to leave a little extra time for the interview itself. (laughs) I want to ask you so many things about how you got to where you are today, but we'll start by talking about your experiences at school. When you entered pharmacy school, how did you picture your career progressing and how did it evolve from that original vision? Well, it certainly did, and it certainly continues to evolve. Um, When I first entered pharmacy school, I was 100% certain I'm going to end up working in community practice. I come from a long line of pharmacists, and I've been exposed to the profession my entire life. So, you know, my mother, my grandfather, my uncle, they were all community pharmacists. And so I had a lot of experience, and I witnessed what they did, and I witnessed their devotion, you know, to caring for others. And so... That's where I thought I'd end up. But after just like one or two years at Albany College of Pharmacy, I found myself working over the summer at a teaching hospital. So it was Upstate University Hospital in Syracuse in the summer. And I was exposed to this whole new world and fell in love with this whole new world of pharmacy, which was really the institutional practice setting. And more specifically, I really enjoyed renal disease and working with patients who were on dialysis. It was just fascinating to kind of see what happens when kidneys fail and how dialysis just keeps their bodies going. And and really, it was a miracle in my eyes. And so I was certain at that time that when I graduated, I'd end up working in a hospital. But uh, I received an offer from a large chain pharmacy upon graduation that I just simply couldn't refuse. So I ended up back in community practice at that time. A year or so later, my career evolved again. I got married and found myself in Canada, uh, and I found myself training for and working as a pharmacist, this time in a small independent pharmacy that we ended up purchasing. Uh, And that transition was, you know, just such a steep learning curve for me, and I kind of struggled to find my professional identity a bit. And lastly, it wasn't until I connected with an old uh, Albany College of Pharmacy professor of mine, Dr. Nancy Waite, who had recently relocated herself from Albany back to Canada, that I kind of began exploring the possibility of an academic career 
She was one of the founders of the brand new School of Pharmacy in Canada, which was the first and only co-op program here in Canada. And she was looking for instructors to develop a lot of new courses for the program. And so the rest is really history. I got started there. I found my passion and I've been there ever since. Since your first year of teaching, how has your approach to preparing lessons evolved? So this is my 13th year of teaching at the University of Waterloo. And I can honestly say with every passing year, what I notice is the amount of information and slides has just gone down significantly. And so I remember a student a few years back said to me, you know, you don't seem to believe in white space. <laughs> and I laugh now because I think that student was absolutely correct. But now there's less and less info. And I really think it shows how much my teaching approach has changed from going from a traditional didactic instruction where I, you know, you give all the nitty gritty details about a drug or a condition to now it's more interactive and engaging and there's more active learning in the classroom. We're having, you know, conversations and I'm sharing stories about patients that I've encountered in practice and really just some more rich discussions on how students can involve the patient in their care, incorporate patient preferences into that care plan, uh, manage common ethical dilemmas and all of that. So in other words, bottom line is I think I'm just much more focused now on their approach to providing care and lifelong learning skills than I am on memorization of any kind of information. You were recently involved in an advisory group that was looking to expand the scope of pharmacy practice in Ontario. How did you become involved in that? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I, you know, my, my current area of expertise revolves around minor ailments and self-care. And I think this current pandemic really highlighted the, the importance of self-care and the need for us to consider other sustainable healthcare solutions. And one of those solutions and improving access to care in the community is to have pharmacists be allowed to prescribe drugs for certain minor ailments. And so those are things like menstrual cramps and allergies and eczema. Pharmacists have that skill set, but being able to prescribe drugs for it will just enhance access to these drugs and hopefully alleviate some of the pressures on the healthcare system. And so because of my interest and expertise in this area, I was asked by the Ontario College of Pharmacists to serve as a member of their minor ailments advisory group. And this was a bunch of folks, you know, from patients to physicians and academics and community pharmacists. And we took this system-wide lens to look at, you know, what regulatory considerations and safety parameters uh, are necessary to make sure that this minor ailment prescribing program for pharmacists will really, you know, meet the government's objectives while still, like, upholding quality patient care. Can you tell us a little bit about the research you've been doing? Absolutely. So as an early career researcher, I uh, co-led a Catalyst grant um, to study high-risk non-prescription drug combinations in older adults, particularly in those with frailty. I also led a national smoking cessation initiative, which was really meant to harmonize pharmacist scope of practice in smoking cessation across Canada. I'm very interested in investigating the impact of minor ailment prescribing, something that's going to be a reality in Ontario in January, by pharmacists on both patient and health system outcomes. And that's actually one of the objectives on a grant that I'm currently serving as a co-investigator on. And lastly, I'm also very interested in looking at the different factors that influence over-the-counter product selection 
and the impact of prescription to OTC switches on patient health. It seems like so much of what you're doing has to do with helping people with a lot of common ailments, also potentially easing the burden on the health system by utilizing the resource that is the the community pharmacist. Is that what has attracted you to some of that specialization, is the ability to help so many people? Oh, Diane, you just hit the nail right on the head with that one. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, It gives me goosebumps. You just said it, and I got Goosebumps. I think that that is a huge role for pharmacists, especially right now, especially in the middle of this pandemic. And I think that is certainly what what drives me professionally uh, and, and keeps me going each and every day. Reflecting a little on your own education and then also the education that you provide to your students, do you have any advice that you would give to current ACPHS students? Yeah, so there is um, a sentiment that was expressed by the CEO of IBM. Her name is Ginny Rometty. And she said, you know, reflecting on her own career, she said growth and comfort don't coexist. So, you know, you need to step outside your comfort zone and take risks. In my specific area of expertise with non-prescription drugs, I always tell students, you know, you need to move from behind that pharmacy counter and meet your patients in those OTC aisles. That's an overwhelming place to be for any patient. They're usually not well. They're overwhelmed with with all of these products, and that's really their area to shine. They need to get out of their comfort zone from behind that counter and come out and really interact with patients so that they can make a difference. And the other piece of advice that I always give my students is, you know, never underestimate the importance of self-care to your own well-being. So you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself before you're able to take care of patients and their their self-care. And do you have any special memories of your time at ACPHS? Oh, oh, it was just such a lovely time. The entire time, I don't have one specific memory, but the friendships that were made there are, you know, lifelong friendships. The connections with professors, one of my professors who just recently retired from the school actually came up to Ontario, uh, where her husband had a, a conference just the other year. We went out to dinner, my husband and I, with her and her husband. And so, you know, the connections are lifelong, whether it's with students or faculty. I think ACP is just a magical place to be, and, and I will always hold those memories near and dear to my heart. Dr. Nardine Nakla, you are such a busy person, but we really appreciate the time that you've taken with us today. Thank you so very much for having me. For more information or to schedule a tour, visit acphs.edu. You can tune in to all of our informative stories at acphs.edu forward slash podcast. Each podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart giving you the opportunity to listen from a mobile device. Mark Occupation Station as a favorite, and you'll receive push notifications as soon as we publish something new. Occupation Station is also a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, the largest podcast content directory dedicated to the business and profession of pharmacy.